welcome back to Meeting Musos. This is episode 12 of season one and it's actually our final episode of this first season but we will be back later in the year with some brand new episodes. My guest this week is Tim Goodyear who is a freelance drummer currently working in London's West End. He spent the last few years on Hamilton, the smash hit musical. Uh, prior to that he's worked on shows including Aladdin, Book of Mormon, Shrek, Dirty Dancing, Avenue Q to name but a few. Uh, our conversation covers a lot of his work in town and we also touch on some of his other freelance work including playing with orchestras and the challenges of playing for Elvis on screen. We also talk a little bit about the last year and how the coronavirus pandemic and lockdowns have affected his approach to work. Our conversation is slightly interrupted at one point due to a surprise visitor to Tim's studio and although I've edited it down slightly I've kept some of it in for comedy value. Enjoy this final conversation of season one and if you haven't already done so do make sure to check out the other episodes which are available wherever you get your podcasts. So I think Hamilton's a good place to start because yeah. it's, you know, the show of the moment. Um, yeah. How did how did that come about? How did you end up with the drum chair? Um, well, essentially I auditioned, really. That was, that's kind of, um, that's how I got the gig. Uh, I, I knew, um, well, I mean, to be honest, the first thing I heard of, about the show, I, I actually assumed it was going to be like Les Mis or something, and I, I probably wasn't going to be that interested in it. Um, uh, to be honest with you, uh, and my daughter said, "Oh, you know, everyone's into Hamilton at school." She's, you know, she's well at the time she was about fourteen, fifteen, uh, and so I, I was, I was actually just bored on a train. I had to listen to the, to the show, and I was thinking, "Oh, okay, uh, this isn't quite what I was expecting," um, <laughs> and uh, and I just kind of thought, you know, she was so into it as well at the time. I mean, she'd probably be a bit cringy now. I don't know. She's eighteen and much more. <laughs> it's probably not so cool now. I don't know, but um, uh, anyway, I, yeah, I kind of just thought it would be a, it would it would be excellent dad points, and it would probably be quite a fun play. Uh, and anyway, so I, I knew that uh, I knew the MD uh, was um, a friend of a friend, and um, and and I sort of spoke to them and just said, you know, do you know do you know what's going on with it? So I sort of just said I'd be interested in it, basically. Uh, indirectly and i never actually phoned uh anyone else up about it but um i mean it's sort of i think a lot of that is irrelevant because what happened was uh they ended up auditioning um quite a few people as it turned out they said that it was a handful uh, i'm not always sure i'm into uh auditioning especially uh it, especially in my you know my advanced years i don't i feel like it's a, <laughs> it's a lot of stress that i don't need you know but but um uh anyway so i we auditioned uh you know um just from uh, you know um remotely so it was just a case of playing along to a few tracks from the show select right stuff that uh alex slackamore who's the who's the supervisor and the uh orchestrator you know he he specified what what we had to do and yeah we just sent in um uh just audio really i just sent in some audio and and then waited for months i think really uh and yeah i, I sort of got the gig i mean I, I it seemed like a lot of people had auditioned they said they said a handful i think it was more like you know 10 or 15 right and yeah i mean it was uh, as i say it <laughs> i wasn't sure whether i should have done it you know the audition but as it turned out it went it, you know went okay and um uh, I, I would, I wouldn't, I'm not sure I'd want that to become the new, the new normal as, uh, you know, um, necessarily. Cause there seems to be a bit of a trend towards that. Yeah. I wanted to speak to you about that. Actually, yeah. there's a lot of stuff coming out at the moment and, you know, looking for sort of opening the doors a little bit to the pits of the West end or yeah. tours or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, I wonder where you sit on all of that, what your opinion is, if you think that's, ultimately a good thing or if the way that the you know the the current system and the way that it works well, works well for a reason or not or not um i think i i think a bit of both probably i think i think it's i, I you know i think there's a, a, a um a perception that there's a sort of 
a slightly closed shop sort of a vibe in the West End and people are trying to stop people from getting in. And uh, I don't really feel it's like that. I think um, I think if there's something that, 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 you know, provides an opportunity for, for, you know, new people to come in and, and, and do shows, I think that's, that's great. I, I've got nothing against that at all. I think the only thing with auditions that, that, I suppose from my point of view, as, as somebody who's done a lot of shows and I, I feel like I've, you know, I've, I, I've sort of proven myself up to a point and, okay, someone wants to know what sort of style, you know, uh, would suit me and, and so they want to hear, that, you know, fair enough, I guess. But, but at the same time, it, what, what auditions don't really do is take into account your, the years of experience that you've had and they also don't really take into account how different musicians are going to get on with each other yeah. Uh, and and so it's not always a hundred percent the people who are like the absolute best players, <laughs> which is why I get work. No, but it's <laughs> no, but it's like um, it. You know, it's 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 about more than just being able to play the notes, I suppose. And and you can get someone who's great but a complete pain, and and not necessarily the best person to be sitting in a confined space with other people night after night. Yeah, you know. So I suppose I, I'm not really I'm not really against it exactly, but I do feel like it 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 um, you know it it doesn't take into account a lot of other factors that are probably equally as important as playing. You know. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So uh, yeah, I, and I think I also think that so, that it's all it's one thing being able to play a great audition, but to actually then do a show consistently night after night over a period of months and years potentially mm. is a different thing entirely. And, and some people who haven't done that kind of thing before uh, sometimes struggle with that, with the consistency and the sort of maintaining like a, a level. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's another thing to, to think about, but um, I don't know. It's, it just seems to have been a thing on the last few shows that have come in um that there have been auditions and and i guess i don't know part of that is down to the supervisors and what have you so prior to hamilton was that is that the first show that you've actually had an audition for um i think so uh yeah yeah yeah. cool yeah that's why i was a bit reluctant i think yeah but uh so when you then when you're offered the Gig. Can you just talk us through your process at that point when it comes to learning the pad, especially, I guess, for something that is already, there's so much hype about it and it's been so successful on mm. Broadway and it's it's brand new coming to London. Yeah. How do you actually go about learning the pad and then also deciding, you know, what you're going to do with it? Um, well, <laughs> yeah, well, there's two parts to that question. One, one is, I'll, I'll take the second bit first, which is, what are you going to do with it? And that's exactly what I'm told. Uh, <laughs> that there's not very much scope for doing your own thing in Hamilton. It's not. Mm. It's not like that. It's very uh, heavily notated. It's very uh, and, and very specifically notated. Um, and uh, as I say, Alex, the the supervisor, he he um, he knows what he wants and. And it's all, it's all kind of there for a reason, really. And it's very well done. And, and if you, uh, you know, quite often things even just, like there might be a bass drum that coincides with a sort of a, a, a vocal line that just fits in nicely with just that. And if you change it, it just doesn't work so well, you know. Just little yeah. things all, all the time like that, um, that you basically just have to play the part. You know, it's, it's like I kind of, I mean, go, to, to answer the first question, I sort of tried to treat it like like I was learning a, a sort of pop gig. I, and that was, I mean, mainly because it just seemed that that was what it was, that it, what they wanted was the album. I knew that from, I read a few interviews with um, with the drummer from New York and I got, well, I, I listened to the album a lot and I got in touch with um, the drummer from the Chicago version and I spoke to various people and I got the music and I got videos of them playing it and all sorts of stuff. More information than uh, sort of I needed, really, to be honest. And, and I, I, well, I didn't look at all of it because it was overwhelming. But the, what I tried to do, because it's, so, because it's all written out and because you have to play pretty much exactly what's on the part, it, 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 to start with, I found it quite uh, difficult in terms of mentally 
I just felt like I was being really sort of dictated to and and it felt very uh um just like it it wasn't trusting me to do anything really in in some ways the way it was written and then I, I kind of thought well I can't I can't go through the whole thing being like resentful of the of the orchestration because that's insane so I kind of um I just changed my approach to it really and I just I tried to think of it as something that was this is how the music goes and and try to not think of it as sort of you know grade seven drums uh, so much as because it was a bit like that at the time I felt like that you yeah. know I've got to play this exactly as it is so I just tried to turn it into music and tried to imagine that I'd kind of thought of the parts almost really just to just to stop myself from going ah you know <laughs> and stabbing the sticks through the heads because it got to that point when I was trying to learn it it was yeah. so like seriously you know give me a break. Um, but it, I mean, and but once I had got my head around it and learnt it, it's actually a very, it's quite satisfying for a drummer. That show, I think the drum chair is probably the the best, it, best chair in in the band in a way because a lot of the, a lot of the string parts and even the bass and things like that, a lot more are a lot more, um, uh, you know, not maybe quite as interesting for them. A lot of a lot of long notes, a lot of long notes for bass a lot of very straightforward and rhythmic, just uh, like almost like sample impressions from the strings. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think it's less enjoyable from that, from their point of view um, than it is for the drums. And for drums, it's just, it's just grooves and, it, and it's actually fun. I, I like it, you know, and, and it's all to click. There's not really anything to sort of think about. You just play it. And, yeah. and, I, and, and that's, that aspect of it is, is great. So, yeah, in terms of learning it, I I just went through it and went through it really. I I made quite a lot of notes from listening to the album on the on the mm -hmm. parts and and I, and I just tried to um I just tried to really make sure that when I got to the rehearsal uh I could play a decent impression of the album really. And yeah. and and I think people probably think oh well, you know, rehearsals the time to learn the show. But it, uh, it's not, <laughs> uh, not not anymore. <laughs> uh, maybe it was once, but it, it, there's no way you could have done that. Really, it took me it took me a few weeks really to get my head around it all. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of music as well. It's you know two hours fifty or so of, or two forty five I think, and it's nearly all of it's playing. You know, there's hardly any yeah. breaks. So, yeah, it's a lot of material. And in terms of previous shows that you've done, then when maybe you have had a bit more creative license with the the orchestration if it's not mm. as specific as that do you find that you do you tend to produce the same thing every night anyway yeah i think eventually yeah <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> i feel like uh after a while you sort of set things sort of change very you know very slightly from week to week and month to month i think but uh no, I, I generally play roughly the same thing, and and the, one of the reasons for that is you don't always know uh, what, especially for drums, you don't know what cues people are taking from what you're doing, and you have to realise that there's, I mean, apart from the fact that other people want to just come in and play and know what's going to happen because they do it every night and they don't want you messing about over the top of it, really. Uh, but on top of that, there are there are sometimes I've I've known when. Uh, I've had people from the crew come up to me and go, oh, why have you changed that fill? I was like, well, I don't know. What's it got to do with you? And they said, well, I've, I've been queuing the lights from that for the last, you know. So, I mean, I'm, I'm slightly aware of that sort of thing as well. But also, yeah. I mean, the way, I think the way shows run now, they're much more pressured, much more high pressure, much more, uh, um, I don't know. There's There seems to be much more of a, a, a tendency towards... Um, a, there being a sort of blueprint of the show, especially the big shows, which are mostly, I mean, I, you know, they're the ones I end up doing, or I have done recently. There's a, there's a sort of global version of the show and they sort of come in and say, hey, we want you to do your own thing with it. And then what they actually mean is, we don't want you to do your own thing with it. We want you to play the album, please. Unless, unless what you're doing is a little bit better, in which case, you know, we'll, we'll let you get away with it. So I, I, I usually what I do is learn the original 
and then I start yeah. to sort of put my own thing in a little bit as I go. Yeah. Um, and if no one says anything, great. And and but I don't really push my luck, especially. I, I'm not there to sort of. It's not about me, really. It's it's about mm. it's about the bigger picture. And 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 the thing I actually like, I, I just like playing. So I'm not that fussed whether it's you know I'm getting to play my favorite whatever fills or you know yeah. Uh, yeah I guess that comes from opening shows as they arrive in town as well it's not you know you're not taking over on something it's something yeah. that's brand new it's yeah. maybe more than likely come from the states these days yeah um so that's I guess where the the blueprint idea comes into it is that it's yeah. so fresh they they want to you know Whereas a few years down the line, when someone's taken over the chair, yeah. maybe things are a bit looser. Yeah, and, possibly. You know, a bit more freedom. Possibly. Yeah. I, I've not really done that. Um, I did it once years back. And, and even that was very, uh, at the time, that was very, yeah, could you just do what the other guy did, you know? Um, um, and I took over from uh, Mike Smith on a show and, and it was it was uh, thoroughly modern Millie. It was like a, you know, old time type thing. Yeah. And... and uh, I mean, to be honest, I was quite happy to do what Mike did because it was better than what I was going to do. So, you know, I, I just copied him. He, he's great. So, but normally, yeah, it's, it, it does. It is a case of, yeah, they, they seem to just want, you know, they've had a success in broad, on Broadway with a the show. They want it to be successful. They don't want to touch anything really unless it's, you know, definitely going to, you know, improve the gig somehow, yeah. improve the show. Yeah. Um, do you take much time off or do you tend to be there <laughs> uh, most most nights um, <laughs> you know pandemic aside yeah obviously yeah uh, <laughs> well I mean uh, yeah I try to take time off yeah I mean um, especially I found with Hamilton I do about five or six I guess and and on top of that I try and take it take on anything else that comes in um, just to just to uh maintain my playing a, a bit uh, and also for sanity really i just don't think it's very good to to sit and do all the shows unless you really need to it, it, it's not it's just not great for your your mental well-being i don't think and and also i think it's good to get other people in i think it's good to have depths in um and i think it's more it's it's interesting for the band as well they get different people in it's not always the same I, I don't yeah I quite enjoy that aspect of it and and uh yeah I mean I get out and do other stuff which is largely I suppose orchestral type things or or you know right. um I don't mean like percussion but playing with orchestras playing drums with sort orchestra. of concert orchestra type stuff with yeah section. Yeah, yeah that sort of thing that sort of thing yeah. and um RPO quite a lot of RPO things like that yeah um nice. gabe and what have you <laughs> Uh, a few <laughs> sessions and um, bits and pieces, but I, I you know, it, it, I still, I'll generally try and do something if I get offered something else. You know, even if I lose money on it, it's I still would rather go and do something else um, mm. than always do the show. You know, and I think that's good for everybody in you know the whole yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, it's good um, for the the cast and the yeah. people on stage as well. It just it changes something, doesn't it? Yeah. It brings a new energy to. It, I yeah. think so. I think so. Yeah, and, uh, um, yeah, and and also the thing with Hamilton is just because it's so physically tiring. Uh, it, to do eight a week is is too much, really. Mm. It's just it's just a lot, you know, and, and you end up just shattered, really. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the end. So yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> five, I, I found six was enough. You know, if I did six, I, I was kind of okay and whatever. But I mean, like, if I did two on a Saturday, uh, Sunday would generally be a bit of a write-off, you yeah. know. And I've I've spoken to other people who've done that, you know, done the show in, in the states, and they, they've said the same. Really, it's mm. just, and it's just partly the mental thing of it because it's not physically that that much of a big play, but it's just there's so much of it, and it's so uh, um exposed what well, everything you do is very exposed and everything you do is very uh well analyzed to be honest with you to you know and and if anything goes wrong emails start coming in from right from the states or or, or wherever and uh, you know there's a lot of pressure on well on the md and i guess yeah. you you have to be aware of that and you don't want to make you don't want to make a mess of it 
anyway, for your own, uh, you know, for your own uh, uh, sense of of professionalism, such as it is, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. You mentioned bringing depths in, um, mm. and I just wonder what you're, you know, how you how you approach that, how open you are to new depths, or you know, do you have you got the same people who you tend to use show to show, or how how do you decide, you know, who you want to be coming in and looking after it for you when you're not there? Um, it, it sort of varies a bit. I, uh, it depends on the style of show. I think, um, like, yeah, some of the same people. I, I would, you know, I tend to book some of the same people over and over. Uh, but it's sort of it, it's a, it's a very uh, it's sort of quite a fluid thing because, you know, some people are just not always free, and 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 you know, for a certain show they're around a lot, and then suddenly they're not around because either they don't want to do shows anymore, or they they've got a show, or they're on mm. tour or something, so they're just not around, and and somebody else comes in, and then maybe they get you know, so it, it varies, but it's also about um, uh, well, I usually ask the MD. I mean, quite often nowadays the MD has a, 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 a you know a good idea about who they might like to come in. Um, and then also I speak to the other people in the band and see who they like. And because the thing is for me, I don't really know. I don't know a lot of other drummers. Uh, yeah, I guess you're like I, ships I, in the night. Yeah, <laughs> well, really. Uh, so, you know, I, I, never, I never, well, hardly ever see them. I see them when they sit in. I never hear them yeah. do it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, some of the same people do, do uh, Depp. Uh, but it, I mean, like say for Aladdin, I tended, I tried to get more, slightly more jazzy kind of guys in, just because it's it was more like that sort of a thing. Uh, and with Hamilton, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I suppose Hamilton is more of a, you know, contemporary vibe. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just really a case of trying to find people who fit and who are going to. It's also having that slightly show. Uh, um sensibility of of like being able to follow conductors and play rails and things like that where mm. you'd be surprised how many people sort of can't or or at least no it's not that so much they can't but they just haven't done it enough and they don't they don't know and they get very freaked out by the the pressure and the suddenly they're sitting there with no rehearsal <laughs> And, and and it's it's a lot more scary than when you were playing along to it at home, you know. And, yeah. Uh, and it is terrifying. I've done it a lot in the past, and and it, it's you know stepping on on especially on drums. I think is yeah, because you're sort of the engine of the of the whole well, thing, really, aren't you? Yeah, and there's a, I think you have a link with the MD, um, you know, from the beginning, which is sort of an unspoken uh, back and forth type of thing, uh, where. You know, it, um, it you end up in a situation where the MD quite often is going to be reliant on you up to a point, just mm-hmm. because of the nature of you can't just follow an MD. You know, slavishly it doesn't work. You know, you can't you can't just follow if it was you, let's take a conductor. You can't just follow them note for note because it's you know beat for beat. It's ridiculous, and and so you get into this sort of dynamic where. And then when you're not there and somebody else is there and they have a different thing because they're trying to follow the MD in a different way and the MD yeah. freaks out because <laughs> it all feels different <laughs> and they can't do anything about it. So it's it's a tricky one and I don't think that's anyone's fault. I just think it's, it is a, um, uh, it's just how it is. So you're on a little bit of a hiding to nothing, depping, yeah. just because you're not the regular guy, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so was that, was that your route into... Playing in town, did you start out? Yeah, depping? yeah, uh, sort of. Yeah, I well, yes, I started depping for uh, Ralph Salmons in um, in uh, Jesus Christ Superstar in oh God knows ninety eight or something. I think it was, um, uh, and I sort of got that through. I was doing a tour. I I, I was doing um, a tour of Joseph for the Lloyd Webber sort of version of that, and the MD from that then went on to do Superstar, and he sort of got me into debt. Uh, Simon Lee and and um, so I depped in there a lot for Ralph and from that I got a lot of work basically yeah I got a few bits of sessions and bits of TV and and quite a lot of show depths well a hell of a lot of show depths for years <laughs> but yeah so that, I mean that was great so I kind of you know I, I sort of owe, I, I owe him 
one for that definitely because it it was yeah i mean it was because it was a big show as well and it was all the scary session guys at the time and i was the you know young uh spod bit wet behind the ears and and it was frankly terrifying <laughs> but i mean yeah i mean the, the good thing was i did that and then everything else seemed a lot easier really but yeah. um uh yeah so i got into it through that anyway i depth for a long time um and then started picking up my own shows about and when know, you're whenever when you're doing your own show do you and you, you know, if you've got if you're doing five a week, say, do you would you go in depth on something else while you're no have your own chair, or do you just tend no. to, to no, get the time I, off? Yeah. I, to be honest, I did so many depths. For, I, I think I did about seven or so years of depping, and I got to a point where I was, um, I think I was doing, I think it was probably seven or eight shows at the same time, mm. different, you know, and it got. I started to feel like I was burning out a bit, and and. I found that it was it just coincided with the time that a lot of MDs were starting to get quite uh, grumpy. They'd all been on the show too long, you know, various different ones, and I was getting a bit of grief from here and there. And I was just like, oh, God, I'm not sure how much more of I can do with this. And I got my own show pretty much at that point. And, um, uh, yeah, and so I don't know. I'm not in a hurry to dep, to be honest with you. Um, mm. Some people like to do that. Uh, it's not for me. I'd rather go and do a gig, something completely different. Yeah. In terms of, you just mentioned there about people staying on a show maybe a bit too long. Where, how do you judge that? You know, when do you know that it's time to go and do something else? And are you, are you prepared to leave something before you've got something else lined up? Or what's, what's your view on I that? I don't know. I think after this year that we've just had, I film a lot more like I could leave something with nothing else to go to if I really wanted to. Um mm. I don't know whether that sends a particularly great message if you want to work again, if you want to get your own show again and you leave a show for nothing. I don't know whether that sends a great message to, to some... You know, people are quite quick to go, oh, he's, he's had enough type of thing. I've seen people do yeah. that and then just not really want to go back, um, which I can sort of understand, to be honest. But um, I, in the, what I've done in the past really is... I mean, it's been luck. It's been a combination of luck and sort of judgment in that, um, for instance, I um, I was on... Well, I, did, I was doing... Just really quickly, I was doing Avenue Q, uh, which had just started, and um, the guy who I was also... had been offered this show, Dirty Dancing, and uh, at the time, Avenue Q was quite a small thing and quite an unknown show and they were going to try and build it up from you know with word of mouth and it did really well actually and it was quite a fun show uh and it, it was a, ni- a really nice band actually um anyway and i ended up i opened that i did it for a, two or three months and and then i got offered dirty dancing um again because the regular the guy who'd started it didn't want to carry on and i sort of said well look, i'm gonna i need to stay here really but i i could do it in a few months or what have you and by that point, they they'd taken like fourteen million or something advance at Dirty Dancing, and I just thought, you know, I'm I'm on this little show that might well close, and I've been offered mm-hmm. this other show that's huge. Uh, so uh, anyway, eventually, I sort of thought, well, and we had a, a, a second daughter was on the way, uh, and I just thought it was a, a good idea to to go for the safe option, really. And mm-hmm. anyway, so I stayed there for quite a while. Um, and I, I bailed just before it finished, actually, which I didn't realise. But it, um, and that was luck. And I got to Shrek. I did Shrek for about eighteen months, and I saw Book of Mormon was starting. Uh, and I knew that a friend of mine was going to be the MD, um, and so I just sent him an email and just said, "Look, I, I'm sure you've probably got some. You know, I hadn't seen him for a long time. In fact, I hadn't seen him since I left Avenue Q <laughs> after three months or so. So uh, yeah, probably not a great move." But um, anyway, I, and, and uh, so I said, I just said, if you if you need someone, I'd be quite interested in doing it. That's all. I, I try not to be at all pushy with it, but I just said, I'm kind of interested if you if you're stuck. And um, anyway, so I ended up doing that, uh, and that was pretty successful. Obviously, still going, still going now. So I did that for three years, and I, by by sort of two and a half, three years worth of that, I'd sort of had enough, and I knew that. Um, uh, Aladdin was coming on 
And I did know the MD from that because it was the same MD as Shrek. So I, I just said to him, Lena, if, if you want someone to do Aladdin, because I, I, I'm never sure whether people assume because you've got a gig, especially a successful one, that you won't want to, that people assume you're going to just keep it. And, yeah. And I just and don't. If it's sort of, um, you know, if you're, if you don't make yourself available, then do people know that you that you potentially are available well, that, or want to be available? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And and so I did that with uh, with Aladdin as well. I just said, again, I just said, you know, I quite fancy doing it, I, you know. Um, and so I did that. And then the same thing happened. Well, the Hamilton I auditioned, so, you know. Um, and I'm, I'm probably, well, I have, I've just handed my notice in actually at Hamilton, but... Um, uh, in shock news, but uh, and so I'm going to do Frozen after that. Um, Amazing! If, oh, it, nice. if if anything ever starts up again, uh, that's yeah. that's the next plan. But um, great. Uh, and was was that the yeah. same sort of thing? Was that just putting your putting your name out there? And yeah, and I just expressed. Know? I just literally expressed an interest, and and yeah. um, and that was it. And then they asked for CVs, I think, and um, yeah, and I got I got that. Luckily, you know, it, it, as I say, it's 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 all a bit, you know. And I, I knew the the I know the supervisor of of Frozen through Book of Mormon and Avenue Q yeah. as well. So a lot of the same people keep coming up, you know. And uh, I guess as long as you do a reasonable job, then uh, you stand a chance of getting booked again. <laughs> till yeah. You, so it's it's just been it's a sort of combination of luck and judgment in a way, really, um, and and mm. also just being, I think. Being, I'm not sure if brave is the word, but brave enough to bail from a big show, just because I don't yeah. want to go mad and stay there for ten years. Personally, it's not. Yeah. It's not for me. I, I get why people do it, and I'm, I absolutely don't want to knock anyone for doing it. But I, I don't. I've done it. I've done one for four and a half, and that was too much for me. I just mm. it was starting to make me a bit, you know, <laughs> mad. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Talking of doing something that's uh you know getting away from it to do something different mm. elvis on screen tell me about that that sounds like <laughs> oh god something totally different <laughs> oh my god elvis on screen <laughs> oh man i i have to be i have to be a little bit careful about elvis on screen um <laughs> it's it's sort of like potentially it could be, oh man the thing with elvis on screen is is um <laughs> How do I put this? It's a great gig in, in, in a lot of ways. I, I really like it. Um, uh, the problem with it, the main problem with it is that the way it's set up is the clicks are clicked to Elvis's voice. Right. So the, the whole the whole gig is like, a, it's uh, for, I, I guess, the majority of people who don't know, Elvis on screen is like a sort of... Uh, it's the RPO live version of their albums that they've done with Elvis, basically. And they do they go and do like an arena tour, uh, and then they'll tour around Europe with a with a, a different orchestra, and they keep the rhythm section, and then they have um, Priscilla Presley comes on and and waffles on for a bit, <laughs> which is classic as well. <laughs> I mean, it's there's great comedy value in in a lot of it, um, but the clicks are, you know, rather than it remotely consistent. They, they're like like that. So literally like that sometimes. So you have to then try and learn the sh- the songs and learn how how you know. So learn when to ignore the click and when not to ignore the click. Yeah. And then your whole life becomes a this centered around this ridiculous click. Uh, and and so I've got like a, a mixer with. With I've got an Elvis channel and I've got a, a click channel, and then a sort of rest of the world channel, and and <laughs> most, mostly it's just Elvis and click and me. That's the name of an autobiography. <sighs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like my new book actually, which is out uh, on all formats. Yeah, I mean it's it's um yeah, yeah I, I the thing is it's actually having I you know I there's there is that major issue with it which makes it really in some ways musically quite unenjoyable but it i've played quite a lot of decent venues like nice venues done a nice tour of europe it was great fun the band and, and everyone are really nice uh you know it's a great it's a quite a fun gig actually but at the same time 
it, it's it tests it tests your patience somewhat. <laughs> let's put it that way. And and we did a we did the last tour we did of it was with Elvis's backing band. Uh, they they were also uh, like special guests and and I mean bless them they're they're legendary guys and they're actually you know it's um uh, I probably can't remember their names now I was going to say James Corden it's almost certainly not him uh, <laughs> James uh, oh god someone's what's his name anyway whatever he's he's like a legend the guitarist uh, it'll come to me and and uh, Ronnie Tuts the drummer and they had the keyboard player the bass player I think was too ill they're all old guys they're all like. 70 and 80 ronnie tut is is very old now he's like well he's 80 something mm-hmm. and quite infirm really and and so he comes out and he has a bit of a play but he's he's not really capable of 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 holding the gig together uh you know and i say that with the greatest of respect because he's an amazing guy actually and he was he's a great drummer uh and i i i remember watching him on um you know the the Elvis specials. You know, when I was a kid or whatever. I'm not. I mean, I'm not that old, but they were they were <laughs> repeats. But they were. You know, I remember that he had this huge drum kit and the double bass drums and this loads of hair and a huge beard and there's like just <laughs> sticks and hair and drums and you know whatever. That sounds like a weird thing, doesn't it? <laughs> so I rephrased that immediately. But anyway, but but um, and and he so he was a great drummer but he wasn't on the last tour he just he, you know he was there like more f- you know for the fans i guess to sort of you know and it was nice because he came on and they all went mad and it was great but as a gig it because of all that click track malarkey you had you had the the guitarist and 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 Ronnie and and they just didn't know what to do with it because it it didn't make any sense and it was all over the place, and and it wasn't until really had, we sat down and explained to them what was going on, and that we weren't where we could actually play. Yeah, but um, when you see it from the front, it doesn't come across like that so much. Yeah. But it it, it is um, it's quite a gig in many ways. So, what's your what was your route into a music career? What was your musical education, and how did you sort of get started? Um, well, I, I started when I was 11. I, I sort of, I just had lessons, really. My mum signed me up for drum lessons. Uh, and I, I hadn't really asked for that particularly. I think it was a case I was hanging around the house and she said somebody at my school or something had said I had a sense of rhythm or something. So she signed me up for these percussion lessons. And really, once I started doing that, I was I was kind of into it. I was sort of hooked, really, straight away. And... and yeah, I, I I sort of had private lessons. I went to a guy called Bob Armstrong, who was a, a, a like well known teacher at the time. Uh, he passed away a few years ago now, but uh, I didn't go to college because you couldn't really do that at the time. You couldn't um, you couldn't do drums at, at college. You had to you had to um, uh, you, you know you had to do straight percussion if you were yeah. And I wasn't really into that, so I I really just left school and started playing. Um, and I just picked up gigs. Um, I went along to Nigel. That was one of the things, really, that um, the, the, a lot of the contacts I, I made there were sort of the people I've, uh, you know, you could sort of trace pretty much everything I did back to that, I guess. And mm-hmm. I sort of started getting uh, pick up. I, I sort of picked up gigs from other people who were just trying to depth them out. There was a lot more work, actually, in, the, in those days. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, there was a lot more, like, uh, there was an East End pub scene. There was a whole gig circuit there there was cabaret a lot of cabaret venues and they'd have tv stars of the of the time that would go out and do cabaret in the evenings uh quite famous people you know and they'd go and do like a club in the you know um so there was that side of things and there was um uh summer seasons and all that panto Uh, you know so i did a few of those kind of things i suppose uh i did a few pantos and stuff like that maybe two or three and then from there i got um, <laughs> I got, oh God, I, I sort of, I, I never want to say that. I, I always want to say it and I don't want to say it, but uh, I, I then got Home and Away the Musical. <laughs> in, <laughs> oh, God, anyway, I got, uh, I did that. That was, um, I, but the alternative was a summer season at Barry Island. So I think I came out of it <laughs> slightly better off. But um, anyway, I, so I did that and, um, and yeah, just sort of picked up various... I toured a bit with a guy, this guy who was a blues guitarist, a blind blues guitarist from uh, uh, from Florida, and we did we toured Europe with him, and I sort of got a few things from from that. But I mean, 
sort of one thing leads to another, definitely. And and um, the 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 Lloyd Webber thing I did, the tour of Joseph that I was saying about yeah. earlier, that sort of came shortly after that. And I did that for a couple of years. And that was really just a sort of series of weird coincidences. Uh, in fact, mm. that's how... The, so the, the blues thing... The uh, the keyboard player in the in the in the in the blues uh, gig from from that band, uh, he was doing hair in London um, with a guy called Graham Ward and Graham, who was like a very, you know, he was like a big time session guy at the time in London. He was like the sort of Ralph Salmons of the time, I suppose. Um, and and he was he'd taken on this this tour of Joseph and he wanted to get out of it basically. Right. And and I quite wanted to do it so it was a sort of yeah. quite a you know it was a quite a handy thing for both of us he, and, and so i i started like a probationary period on uh yeah. on, on joseph for about six weeks and i ended up there for about two and a half years and then that came in that went into london really so yeah you know so it, it wasn't really like a college and all that uh, i don't have i don't feel particularly uh um well educated musically i feel like i've learned it a lot of it's been a bit of a crash course as I've gone along. I've learned a few things pretty, pretty damn quickly when I've had to, you know, in a way. Yeah. Uh, Best way in some ways. Well, though, isn't it? I guess it is. Yeah. I, I feel like I've, I feel like the one thing I missed from not going to college was, um, was more about contacts. I think I could have probably, um, saved myself a lot of schlepping and, and what have you mm. by going to college in that respect, maybe. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't it's amazing know. the number the number of people who I speak to who credit Nigel with that though, you know, really? like you just right. have about about, you know, who've who've come through things that way and yeah. everything sort of traces back to what they did yeah. in that time in their life. Yeah. So Yeah. I think most things came from that. With the music industry looking like it does now and what it might look like in the future, do you see you you know, the rest of your career as being musical theatre being the sort of day job almost you know taking some time off to go and do other things but but always trying to have that have trying to have that stability of a chair in town where you turn um, up as a paycheck every week or do you think there's something else beyond this that you you end up doing i don't honestly know i don't know that there's loads of other things you know in terms of of long-term work i don't think there's anything that's going to match doing a show mm. as far as actually maintaining a you know, consist a uh, regular paycheck in terms of that, but but um, I would like to play more. I'd like to do more, um, you know, freelance work, and and I, I would quite like to tour a bit, actually. And no, I don't mean like show tours, but I mean like music tours, and yeah. and just play a bit more music for the sake of music, really. Um, uh, but having said that, I kind of I feel like shows kind of suit me up to a point as well because. I quite like the, um, I don't know, I think part of me quite likes the familiarity of it. And I know it sounds a bit whatever, but like, I, I like there to be, I, I like to actually be able to go and do a gig where I know the music and I don't have mm. to think about that so much. And I just have to think about playing well, then the sort of, but I also, I mean, I like both really. I, you know, go and do, the, say, the Albert Hall or something and do a three hour rehearsal. And then do an evening gig where you've just had time to play everything once in the afternoon and it's all like seat of your yeah. pants. So I kind of like both of them, but I, I don't think I could do that all the time. I think that would, I would, ugh. there's a scary thing in here. Oh my God. There really is a scary thing in here. Oh, really? There's a bumblebee in my studio, basically. For, for everyone at home, there's a massive bee in my studio. Unbelievable. Um, at this point, I may have to just go and open the door because it's terrifying. Yeah, go for it. Go for <laughs> oh, it. You've got the dog. I've got a bee. I've, right, can I have your dog and you can have the bee? Hang on a minute. <laughs> wow. Hold on. Come on, bee. I know you want to. It's quite a large bee, everyone. You might have to do a bit of editing here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure this is going to be the most interesting thing ever, or unless I get stung by it, in which case it might be amazing. There <laughs> we go. <laughs> great success thanks very much I can add bee, bee whispering to my CV there you go <laughs> well done <laughs> thanks <laughs> oh god I was going to actually ask you 
and we sort of touched on it a little bit um like the last year how that's changed things for you because you're obviously in your yeah. lovely home studio there which looks like it's all set up for recording and for yeah. online teaching and stuff so how yeah. what is has has lockdown and everything that's come along with it moved everything a forward for you in terms of you know recording remotely and all that or were you already doing that stuff anyway uh no i wasn't really i I had the studio already um and i was using it as a practice room really um and i uh you know because it's pretty soundproof which is really handy uh i did have a set of um you know i did have a sort of recording setup basic recording setup uh but it wasn't uh, well, it needed updating basically a little bit, and so I, I did. I, I sort of up, upgraded the um, mainly the mics are good, but I upgraded the the interface and various bits and pieces, and I've definitely got much better at um, Logic and uh, you know, and I'm, I, I've I've done a few things for people. It's not to be honest with you. I mean, I guess as most people probably know, there's I, I don't really feel like it's something I can make much of a living out of uh really um i i kind of really enjoy it and i've done a few things for various people um i've done a couple of tracks with nick finlay recently and and um just general um a, a lot of things for a friend of mine who's the, the bass player from hamilton in um he's recording a lot of stuff for um scott's bass lessons which is this quite a big uh yeah. online bass school so there's been a lot of backing tracks for that which has been great actually so that's been good and we've been doing these things on Instagram just for something to do the last few months uh, called Grooves at 10. So we've been doing those. They've been quite fun. But, I mean, as, as an actual source of income, I mean, it's not amazing. Uh, um, certainly not at the minute. But it's it's um, it's been pretty good as far as the teaching side of things. It's been... That's been okay, actually. That's been quite handy. And... and I don't really teach a lot normally, but uh, I have done a bit, well, I've done a lot more. And it's been mostly people leaving college who just want to get into yeah. shows and, and they maybe have a few lessons. It's not a big, like, you know, week after week type thing. And I kind of yeah. quite like that. I don't mind doing that. And, and I'm not very good at, you know, could you play page 35 by next week? You know, that yeah. type of teaching is not, I'm not great at it. I'm not probably organized enough it's just not really what i've done in the past mm. and it's a different you know it's easy to say oh you know why don't you just teach but it is actually as a lot of teachers will tell you it is actually a quite a skilled job you know and, and it's not just yeah. something you can just oh just because i know about it i can you know i can impart impart my my uh, wisdom on shows and what have you to people and, and general music music and and playing uh as a as a sort of general vibe more than really I, I don't feel particularly amazingly qualified to 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 do i don't know to sort of teach people from scratch you know not not yeah, really I, I do side of things i mean and... i do i do some of that at a school you know like young kids and I, and that's yeah. i i've i've done it i've got a day at a local school since we since lockdown uh and that's good as well I and mean, that's quite i quite enjoy that but it's it's um yeah, it's not. I, I don't know. It's not really my calling at the moment. I, I'm I'm trying to sort of build my. I, f- I feel like I'd enjoy it more if I felt I was better at it. And I'm I'm. I think I'm okay at it, as I say, for the for the guys who are leaving college, maybe. But not, not you know. I don't feel my chops are, are great. My teaching chops. For. Yeah. I don't know for certain things anyway. I'm probably talking myself out of work. I'm shutting up. But uh, <laughs> but but um. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 what I've always done is play, really. I, you know, so which is good for. Uh, it's good because I have a lot of experience in playing, and I can sort of pass that on to people. But it's not about not so much about you know actual t- telling them about technique and that because I just sort of go, well, it's like this, you know, you hold it like that, and you, you know, yeah, uh, I'm not great at at all that so much. I, I see a lot of professional teachers, and they're you know it's a it's a whole it's a whole thing in itself you know absolutely yeah what are the um challenges what have they been like with teaching over zoom was obviously a little latency and any sort of yeah audio glitch with, with drums i mean that must 
yeah, think that must impact a lot more than with anything else. I think I think the trouble with it mainly, I find, is that the is the glitch thing. So you, because so much of drumming sort of obviously depends on time and and playing with a metronome and or playing with a track, it's really hard. Well, it's it's easier when you can hear a metronome or a track. You can get a bit more of an idea. But when you hear people just play, sometimes it, and it jumps about all over the place. You've got no idea whether it's them or whether it's the yeah, you know. So yeah, it is hard and and. And I think that's why, like I said to you before, with the, you know, like the, the the college guys, that tends to work better because a lot of them just really want to talk about, you know, how things work and how the show works and yeah. like, dynamics with conductors and all that kind of stuff. As not so much, you know, how do I do a triple inverted paradiddle, you know, whatever with my feet. Yeah. I, <laughs> in which case, they're with, they're, they're with the wrong person anyway. Quite, quite honestly. <laughs> social media youtube and stuff do you do you put stuff out there do you try and get your plane out there as a sort of you know um, people google you so they can see you or where yeah. do you stand and all of that um i've never i mean I, i've never felt i really needed to actually a lot of the time um until recently I, what i've done recently i've just put out a few things here and there i've got an instagram account i don't really like facebook i don't really go on it i have got an account but i don't go into it too much uh i have got a twitter account but again i i I sort of read twitter but i try not to really post too much unless i'm Mm. complaining to british airways for keeping my flight money which they still have (laughs) uh uh, uh, by the way and um uh uh yeah instagram i don't mind i quite like instagram and so i do a few things on there i guess uh and and partly because i have deals with various companies and things so Right. Just occasionally put a little picture or something if I'm doing something. Um, I, I, it's not, and, and I have a YouTube channel as well, which is just, you know, Tim Goodyear. I think for people coming up now, I think it's probably more important than it is for me. I, I don't feel people mm. need to, you know, if someone's going to book me now, they're not going to be doing it because they've seen me on Instagram. Yeah. I, I don't think, really. I, I don't feel like that. Uh, so I, I sort of just do it to remind people I exist a bit i guess do you know <laughs> well i mean in, at the moment I, that's kind of that's sort of how i'm thinking of it in a way uh, and, and just to yeah. try and promote some of the teaching stuff and and hopefully some of the recording stuff i because I, I kind of enjoy that um cool quite a lot uh, oh the other the other thing i did do was i i finally sort of um uh took the plunge and got a website up and running and uh, yeah, and that's been good, actually, just as a point of contact. Uh, that's one thing I've never done, and I sort of wish maybe I'd done that because yeah. that is definitely, I think, you know, it's all very well sending someone a um, a DM or whatever, and but when you've got a website with a, with a contact page, it's much easier, especially for things like lessons. I've had quite a lot yeah. of people who contact, kept contacting me straight through that. Yeah, and, and a lot of the, well, nearly all the pupils I've had have been through that. So that's been yeah. good, actually, and that was worth doing. Um, I've I've done the same thing actually. I've for the first time yeah. put my own website up before, like um, purely for you know career purposes or whatever. Yeah. Only because someone said to me recently, um, and I might be repeating myself. I think I said this on another episode, but um, you know, the first thing people do now when they're they're looking at someone or considering someone or whatever is they Google you and they want to find out who you are and what you do, yeah. and if you can be in control of the result yeah. of that search and actually yeah. you put across what you want them to see yeah. why wouldn't you so yeah yeah i think it's just a, an online cv isn't it yeah yeah just, yeah. just it's like your it's your storefront really isn't it yeah yeah i think so and i i you know i i've again i've never really felt i needed it especially uh just because i've i've always sort of worked really which is yeah you know luckily um but yeah i think in the last year i definitely is you know, especially with, like I said, with the teaching and the, and the studio, it just seemed like a good idea as well. And like you say, it's like a storefront. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, yeah. Just to finish things off then, do you have a piece of advice that you would give to someone looking to do what you've done to get into, you know, playing it in the West End at the, at the level you are at? Um, what should drummers, young drummers leaving college or going to college, what what's the what should their focus be now oh i don't um i don't know it's a very different scene than it than it used to be i mean i what i would have said is learn 
as much music as you can, really, and, and play as much music as you can, rather than particularly focusing on um, a career in shows, I would say focus on being a musician and being the best musician you can be and doing the most variety of musical work you can get and, and try and have a portfolio type of a career where maybe you've got a home set up and you've also got a teaching thing and you've also got gigs and you've also maybe do some shows or whatever. I think, I, th I don't think there's enough work to be able to just say, right, I'm going to just do this one thing anymore. I don't think there's enough uh, work out there. Whereas there used to be, you know, there used to be a lot more, but, but I think the thing, the main thing I feel like people sometimes can, well, like they, they decide they want to do shows and so they focus all their energy on shows. And actually the trouble is with that is that show music is, is largely a sort of derivative of other music, which may or may not be better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying which, but, um, but, but what I'm saying is, you know, if you're going to do, uh, I don't know if you like, I don't know. People get very focused on the show thing anyway, and, and they'll play, play along with shows and they'll at home and, learn the shows and and that's great and everything but you know know where it's come from and and look at the history of music and actually get into music for the sake of it and 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 learn how to play with other people you know and not get bogged down with chops really you know lots of busy stuff you know learn how to play with other people and and, and just play music as much as you can and and i think then if you do want to do shows that that side of things will naturally happen anyway because really there's not apart from the sort of specific show type things like conductors and what have you really you're just playing music and 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 what people want is good musicians they don't particularly you know they don't want they don't really want you to be a show musician they want you to be just good and yeah. and and uh so i think i think just really get into music as much as you can and just uh, the more time you spend as a, as a young uh, up-and-coming player, you know, working on that side of things, the better you'll do because it just will naturally take off. You know, people will find out about you and it will happen on its own. Whereas if all you do is, is sit at home, you know, playing along with cats and then and then you go and just sit in on shows and say, I really want to do a show and can I please do you know, it's just going to annoy people eventually, and and it, you you have to have the 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 tools to, you know. So when you go and do whatever it is, Shrek, and someone says, "Oh, this is like the police," this tune, and you go, "Oh, okay," and you know what they mean, uh, and yeah. and this is a Motown thing, and you know how to play a sort of authenticish sort of thing of that, and you know. So I just think get into music and and not not fixate on 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 shows and and just learn your craft as as best you can and and you know the rest of it i don't know honestly the, the sort of networking side of it i never really did it it just sort of i was lucky enough to come up at a time when there was work and just yeah. one thing led to another really uh nowadays i think that's probably a different thing so probably yeah social media is a lot more important to those guys you know um i do and i do for what it's worth i do actually uh you know, follow people back on, you know, things like Instagram and, and what have you, and, and, you know, do sort of check out some of the, the playing on those kind of things. It might mean, it might not mean that I'll book them because, you know, quite often they're like 22 and, and it's, it's, I don't, I'm, I can't really, you know, book someone for Hamilton just after they've left college particularly, but um, it, it's, it's worth, yeah, it's worth getting yourself out there and, 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 if if your if your playing is good and you're, um, you know, people will take notice of it at least, and and you just never know. I guess even if you know if you if you're not going to book someone, but you you're aware of them and you're seeing what they're doing, they're on your radar. Something else might come up, and someone's asking for something. You say, oh, you can well, check this guy out. Yeah, exactly. That sort of thing. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. and and also sometimes though you, you know, someone will sit in with me, uh, and then I'll see the Instagram page or whatever. And I see see them playing, yeah. And like you say, someone then says, "Oh, I've got a, 
a little show I'm doing at a place where I teach and I need someone to do that and it's not great money, but, you know, could yeah. you suggest someone? You go, oh, well, that would be worth giving them a go on that. And then yeah. the, quite often the person who's the MD of that might well be a, a like a proper MD anyway, you know, and, and yeah. so then suddenly it's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll get him for my next gig. So, you know, it's it's not out of the, you know, out of the, beyond the realms of possibility or whatever, you know, out of the question. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, I said, I just feel like what people don't really always necessarily concentrate on is, is the important thing, which is actually the fact that you're there to play music, you know. Mm. And, and if you do that well, then things sort of take care of themselves a bit. That's my philosophy Great anyway. Advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good <laughs> uh, Nice one. Thank you so much, Tim. Thank Great you. To chat thank to you. you. And you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's been great. Um, thank you for asking. Thanks for getting to the end of the episode. And thank you so much to those of you who have supported this first season of the podcast. I really appreciate it. We will be back later in the year with some brand new episodes and the best way to stay up to date with that is to follow us on social media on instagram twitter or facebook by searching for meeting musos you can also subscribe to the podcasts wherever you normally listen and don't forget that there is a back catalog now of 12 episodes so do go and check those out if you haven't already done so thanks again for the support and look forward to speaking to you again later this year (laughs) 